You're listening to Self-Publishing Journeys, the weekly podcast for all new and aspiring self-published authors. Stand by for tips, resources, hints, and practical techniques to help you on your own self-publishing journey. Meet indie authors at different stages of their writing careers and hear how they manage to get their own books published and making sales. For show notes, web links, and useful resources, please head to selfpublishingjourneys.com. Now, here's your show host, self-published author and digital marketer, Paul Teague. Hello and welcome to Self-Publishing Journeys, episode number 129 for Monday, the 26th of November, 2018. Today's interview is a take two episode. I'm chatting to Claire Lydon, a London-based writer of contemporary lesbian romance and the host of the Lesbian Book Club podcast. We originally spoke on this show almost two years ago. That's back in January 2017. Claire is a number one bestseller on lesbian fiction charts around the globe and now has six books of the All I Want series, five of the London Romance series and a selection of standalones. We met in person for the first time at the 20 Books London event earlier on this year. But as we chatted during one of the breaks, Claire told me that she's made lots of breakthroughs since that first interview. Now that sounded like a great excuse for a catch up. We finally got a date together and I started by asking Claire what she'd found most useful about that 20 Books London event. I think it was well, it was a very exciting event, wasn't it? Um, it was uh, it it was just it's just great to be around a load of other writers. And I, 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 I would love that um, when I was starting out, because I know a lot of people there. Um, I met quite a lot of people who were just starting out. So and it was yeah, it was very gung ho, very exciting. Um, and it was just really nice to um, meet up with other writers. I always think that's the best part of going to those kind of events, um, to meet up with other writers uh, and just chat about what you're doing and what's working. Uh, but it was also very inspiring just being around um, all those people who've, who um, put out a, a prolific amount of books, <laughs> a, bit, a bit intimidating at times as well, but um, they were uh, yeah, more inspirational than uh, intimidating for sure. Um, did you think the same thing? Yeah, I, I loved it, actually. Uh, my comment was, um, I've been to a lot of author events, as I'm sure you have, but I really felt mm. in the strongest possible sense that I was with my kind of people at that event. Yeah, because it was very, I mean, you know, totally indie focused, wasn't it? And if you go, say, for instance, London Book Fair or stuff like that, it, you really do struggle to get um, something that's uh, on your level because a lot of people there, they kind of got a base grounding in, in what you need to do be an indie author and so you don't need to go along and, and sort of have KDP describe how you upload a book um, and it was quite it was quite advanced and there was some quite um, interesting tactics and techniques that you could learn there as well so I thought all the speakers were great as well. Yeah the other thing I like and uh, it's interesting because when I was comparing what we were talking about first time you and I spoke on this podcast and where you are now what I liked about mm. the 20 books, and you're a great example of this, is they, they're people who know how to do the work. They know they've got to do the work, and they do the work. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it was <laughs> – I think I asked one of the questions at the conference, um, how many of you got up that morning and had written um, before they came into the conference? And I think most of the people on the panel, I think at least half of them had. And, uh, I, you know, that's when I felt a slacker because I just took the weekend off and went to a conference, you know. Well, me too. Don't worry about it. I did the same. <laughs> <laughs> I was just there, to, you know, to enjoy it. But um, I mean, if you have, I, I yeah. don't think there's been anything like it in the UK. To me, that's like a premier sort of UK indie author event. I mean, I've been to, you know, Alliance of Independent Authors events are great, but I've never found anything yeah. that was as spot on in the trenches and useful as that one. I don't think. Yeah, I think that there was there was that one fringe day that the Alliance of Independent Authors did, and that was that was incredible as well. Did you go to that one at Foyle's Bookshop? And were you there? There's loads of people I didn't know at the time. And yeah, yeah. I was there, uh, but I, I wasn't yeah. doing a podcast then, so there was no sort of way I would have known people there. I was really new to it in those days. Yeah, I mean, I think I was new to it as well. I, I can't remember exactly when that was, but I think I'd only been doing it maybe a year and only part-time, so. Uh, but, no, it was definitely, yeah, the most useful um, one there. And there was such a buzz, wasn't there? Um, around going to the 20 books to 50k i'm not sure if they're going to do it again in the uk i heard they weren't but i hope they do well i'll let you know that they're um, doing it in edinburgh next year i've got my ticket booked and if you want i'll after this i'll send you the link if you want to get booked in oh, okay is, is that one are they doing it in a castle oh uh, well th yeah so, don't don't be deceived by it because they are doing right. they're doing a week 
and it's going to be lots of kind of you know writing exercises and things like that but there's still the core weekend so don't don't be deceived by that bit i'm only going for the weekend which is pretty well what we had in london so if you do the uh saturday and the sunday you'll get exactly what we got in london which is the speaker events but around it there's all this you know lovey stuff um you know write, writing in genres and things like that which i i'm not interested in but i really want to do i want to do 20 books london again and that's what you'll get on right. saturday and sunday Oh, okay. That's interesting. All right. I'll have to look it up and, uh, yeah, see when it is. And so hopefully I can go along too. It's interesting. You're not the first person who said that to me, you know, that, that I, I don't want to do all the other stuff. You know, I just want to take books London. So you're not the first person who said that to me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I think that there was most, a lot of talk about going to a castle. And I was like, I'm not sure that I want to go to a castle for a week. <laughs> it sounds very cold for one thing. You know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I like my creature comforts when I'm, I'm writing, you know, my smoking jacket. And my armchair, exactly. my leather armchair, you know what it's like. <laughs> I never I never write without my smoking jacket or, or a cigar, you know. <laughs> You've got to do these things in style, haven't you? <laughs> now, you? You've done a lot of work since we last spoke. There's a whole line of books there, you know, two lovely series and some standalones and some co-writing. There's a lot to talk about. So um, you must mm-hmm. be pounding away every day with the writing. Is that right? Um, <laughs> I you know, I always feel like I'm slacking, uh, and, and everybody I speak to, they always say that to me, oh, you've done, you've done a lot of books, but, um, yeah, I, I, I think I, I've definitely got more productive. I've definitely got a process, uh, my process more down. So that, that feels like, it feels like I'm heading in the right direction. Um, but I, I'm definitely, I don't write every day. Um, I kind of write in spurts, you know, so, uh, I write every day when I'm doing a first draft, but I don't write every day other than that. The quality of your covers is is outstanding. When you look at them, you must feel very proud when you look at them on, on Amazon all in a row like this. They look beautifully branded, and the artwork is just uh, fantastic. I love it. So wh- where are you getting all that done? Oh, well, thank you very much. It's very nice of you to say. Um, I, I get them all done. So I don't know if you if you noticed, but uh, the, the, so there's a London romance series. And when I started that series, um, well, it was my first book was London Calling and I didn't have it in mind to be a series because, you know, I don't know what I was doing. It's my first book. Uh, but then people asked me uh, about a secondary character. And so I wrote her story and that went well. Then I decided to just carry on the series. Um, but I didn't have branded covers for them when I first did it. So the first three went out um, over sort of two or three years with completely different covers. But for book four, I decided to get them uh, redone. So I redid all the covers for the first three and got them branded. Um, and they all look, I'm really, really pleased with them. They all look great, uh, all in a row. And that's um, my, my friend Kevin, who's he's a graphic designer. He, he did them all. And he's done most of my covers. Um, I think Rachel Lawson as well did a couple for me when Kevin couldn't do it. So I use them both. Um, but they've all, they're all sort of similarly branded. Yeah, they're, they're beautiful. Uh, I, I really love them. So strong, uh, so professional. Uh, they look amazing. So, you know, congratulations on that. It looks, you know, I, I shouldn't have to say this to an, to, to an indie author, but they look like they're traditionally published, you know, but yeah. you know what I mean, don't you? They don't, they, they look fantastic. Yeah, I'm no, I'm, I'm, I, no, I'm really pleased with them. I think it's a, it's a strong brand. And I think, um, you know, it's, it's great to have that now because, uh, I just brought out, um, the latest book in the London Romance series, book five, and I've got, I've, I wasn't sure if it was going to be the last, but I've decided it won't be. So I've got the next one just working out the cover. But I already know because because the template's already there that it's kind of easier to then replicate. So um, I think my cover designer is quite pleased as well. <laughs> she doesn't have to think of another, you know, brand new thing. It can it can all tie in. And so it's a bit easier for everyone, really. Yeah, I love the colour. I love the silhouettes, uh, the layout, everything. It's perfect. It's really strong. So, and I love the um, the almost manga style um, imagery of the All I Want series too. It's not quite manga, but it, those the eyes are almost manga, aren't they, in style? Yeah, I mean, I think I think that's one that it, again, it's it's very strongly branded. Um, uh, I'm not sure. I'm I'm not sure if it's exactly where it should be, and I have thought about reading those as well, um, but. Um, but they're not they're not a top priority but they're very strongly branded again yeah definitely yeah they look lovely they're really strong um so well then you talked about your process there that you felt that you'd got your your process um sort of licked now so so what is your process Hmm. how 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 do you write when you have a writing day uh well i um i try and do it in the 
but I don't always do it in the morning because I sometimes I, I I'm try, I'm still trying to work out my best to write and that's after two and a half years full time so you think I'd know this by now wouldn't you but it I don't know maybe the writing process is constantly changing um but I, I tend to sort of get up do a bit of do a bit of meditation because I've taken that up this year so that's that's been quite cool um uh, and then I go along to a coffee shop about half an hour along the river so I get a bit of uh, walking I do two or three hours of writing um buy a coffee and uh, try not to eat too many danishes and then uh, walk half an hour back home so by the time I've by the time midday hits I, I'll have hopefully got two or three thousand words in walked for an hour and done some meditation so and if I've done that then I feel I'm winning at the day um and then in the afternoon uh, that's when I do like anything sort of marks I call it marketing but any, anything is not the writing so it could be um, what, whatever else needs doing, which is always loads of stuff. I've always got a list that just never seems to go down. <laughs> I know that feeling. Uh, it, it's good to hear that you're, yeah. you're taking care of body and soul as well as getting the work done. I'm very interested in meditation because I hear so much about successful people uh, meditating. And I, I tend to be a kind of a mm. doing kind of guy. You know, I, I like to be busy and doing stuff. And so, um, mm-hmm. but, I'm, I, but when you hear enough people say meditation works you think no I really need mm-hmm. to give this a try so so what what appeals to you and, and do you find it an easy thing to do uh, no <laughs> it's um actually I, I am finding it easier and easier and I, I think uh, I think as you as you carry on um you think this is it's going to get easier um but there's just more and more stuff to do I think and so I, I actually think that doing the meditation has helped just sort of slow me down a little bit and uh sort of bring my focus into what needs doing um uh, but it's not easy to get i didn't find it that easy to get into but once now i'm in it it's just kind of a, a routine now so that's really cool um and i just do 10 minutes so it's not like i'm sitting there you know for half an hour lighting candle and like that. it's one of the guided meditations the the headspace app um so yeah, that's really cool. It's helped me not just with work, but with my sleeping because my sleeping can be up and down. So I've just um, my sleeping's got a lot better since I've been doing meditation. So um, yeah, I think it's you say I heard so many people talk about it and say that they use it um, in the morning, and so I thought I'll give it a go because I want to be one of those one of those high flying, super successful people. So <laughs> I've got to put these routines into practice, haven't I? Yeah, me too. It's interesting. I, you see, I've had, had headspace on my phone and it's just sort of sat mm. there un, un, unused. But it is, I know, again, it's a very popular app. I think it's also uh, free and paid. Is that right? Uh, yeah, so I think they do about 20 um, sessions for free so you can try it. Uh, and then I got like a, I got a year and it was only 50 quid. So I'm using it every day. So it's really good value. Um, and, and similarly, I did try it about three years ago. But I, I didn't get on. I got on with it to a certain point, but then I stopped. So I think it's just about getting into a habit and a routine and keeping that going. And you know, like when I'm doing a when I'm doing the first draft and I've got it all plotted, and I that's another thing I'm trying to do. So it's all like when you know what you're going to write, um, and then you've got this routine going, then I can you know write a first draft really quickly. Uh, but at the moment, I'm sort of wrestling with the plot, so it's not coming out as quickly as I had hoped. I'm really pleased to hear that meditation helps with sleeping because i'm the same i can get to sleep easy enough i can't stay asleep that's my problem so um meditation sounds like i'm gonna have to come back to it and dig out that headspace app i think now when we were at 20 books you um mm-hmm. we met uh, at the coffee bar if i remember rightly we've got a nice picture by the way to publicize this interview we've got a great picture together so i'm really pleased about that um, oh good yeah it's good it's really strong i'll share it i'll share it after the interview to say that we've chatted so you can have a look at it but it's a really nice picture uh, very okay. um, very um very affirmative i think you know kind of excited and positive it's a really great picture i think i'm, I'm very happy with it um so that's good news at least it's not one blinking with us both blinking or anything like that <laughs> <laughs> Which is i've usual... always got my eyes closed i also remember at that um coffee bar there was cake as well wasn't there well, there was Kate, wasn't there? They looked after us really well, didn't they? Uh, it was a good event. They really but, did. But you, you were telling me uh, when we were chatting there that you'd you'd been approached to do audio books for your series, and it was very exciting. Can you can you just talk us through that because that's new since we last spoke, and it's exciting too. 
Yeah, um, not 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 approached. I I did write to Audible, but um, I I got a contract through them. So basically, what happened was I did um, one audio book myself. So I went through ACX and chose a narrator and uploaded it, and and it did pretty well. Um, so I I then was speaking to another um, author friend of mine who I actually co-wrote a book with this year, and she was telling me that she approached Audible uh, Studios, and there was um, somebody there who was looking for LGBT con- LGBTQ content. Um, so I decided to approach them too and told them that I had this London romance series and would they be interested in it. Um, and they said they would. Um, and so they gave me a contract for, for all four books um, to produce the audio. And so that was I was really excited about that because I think one other thing as well <laughs> about audio books is um, – it's quite a, as well as being um, a bit stressful choosing the narrator because you're like, oh my God, have I got the right one? It's also quite a lot of work um, and doing it as well on top of everything else. It, it, I just, it felt like a lot to do. And the thought of um, having to do the same with four, all four London Romance books at the time was a bit daunting. So somebody came along and offered me money for them and said that they'd do all the work. I was really quite pleased. <laughs> yeah, I, um, I, I get that entirely. I, I've only had one audio book done, which I did myself. But when the yeah. files start coming, they come thick yeah. and fast, don't they? And and you need to listen. I had an American doing mine. You had to listen in case they get words wrong or names wrong and they don't perpetuate the thing through the whole book. So you've got to be on it, haven't you? You can't just forget it, I don't think. No, yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, essentially it's it's not too bad, but it is just like proofing um, eight hours of audio is um, it's quite intense because you really do have to listen. Um, so, yeah, so so they, when they came along and offered me a contract, I was like, yes, it's brilliant. So, so yeah, so they took those off my hand. Um, they're all out now. So that's really exciting. Um, and then in the meantime as well, I did produce another one myself. So I've got six audio books out now. Um, so that's quite a change from when we spoke last time. Share as little or as much as you want to. But when you talk about a contract, does that mean it's it's sort of an yeah. ongoing payment system or is it a one off? How, how does a contract work? And is it is it ongoing or is it finite? Um, so uh, the contract was so I got an advance for each book Um pretty much like a, a normal traditional deal uh, and then I get a royalty uh, for every everyone that's um, everyone that's sold when I earn that um, uh, first bit out the advance out brilliant and then uh, next question I say tell me tell me to get knotted if you don't want to answer the question but I want to ask the question anyway have you earned the advances out yet um, did I I think on book one uh, but not on not on the other not on the other three yet. But they've only been out for about three or four months. Yeah. Okay. Great. And and so when do, do they get agitated at any point? You know, do they do they give you a sort of projected period for for earning that out? Is there any point at which they say, "All right, thanks very much," and, and can they release them back to you after a certain point? Um, well, no, I'm tied in with them now, so um, so I'm not. So it it hasn't been. The, the issue with it, it was that um, having having given, having signed over my rights <laughs> um, to somebody who was very, very positive uh, when I when I got the contract, she then left um, the, the department within the next two weeks. And so I think this is something that that I've heard about with traditional publishing, but I obviously never thought that it would happen to me. Uh, but yeah, so, so kind of like the woman who was really excited and got all the contracts done and was very positive about all my books then left. And so since then, um, the ride with Audible hasn't been quite as smooth because there's been a lot of transition and whoever's been looking after it, um, obviously is, is not the person that signed me. So he's not fully in, in my corner. Um, so it hasn't been as smooth as I'd liked it to be. Um, but I guess that that's just one of the, the, you know the pitfalls that can happen when you're when you're with a publisher and and people change jobs all the time. And when you sign an audio deal, does it make any impact on the way you can manage your rights with the books? Does it tie you down or limit you in any way? Uh, no, it's just completely audio only. So um, so yeah, I'm signed with the romance uh, first four books, the romance series for Audible. I think it's for seven years, so it's a similar. Uh, contract to you, one that you would sign uh, if you did one with ACX. Great, and they 
And they take care of everything, do they? I mean, do they? Does it just literally roll up on the door, done and dusted? Do you get any input into um, actor voice or any of that stuff? Yeah, they uh, they offered me three different narrators um, for the books, and so I got to choose. And uh, to be honest, um, I was very pleased with all three narrators. So any one of them would have been fine, but I got to choose them. Um, the the only issue I did have was that they did make the one so the, the first two books were done by uh, one narrator and then the second two books were done by sorry the, the third and fourth books were done by another narrator and um, I was fine with that uh, but they did the only issue with you not proofing the books uh, was that I gave some notes over but I don't know if they got there or not but one of the characters voices changed she she started off as someone from London and ended up someone from Birmingham <laughs> And that's quite a change. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, that's... So, so that and and when that's the only thing is when you're not proofing it, then you can't point that out. So I only found that out when it was launched, and then they're not going to change it. So I'm kind of stuck with that now. So that was the only issue that I had as well. But then you kind of have to. It's like when you when you sign over your rights, you give up control, um, and it's a lesson learnt actually. Because uh, I think I thought I'd be. Having at first thought, oh, you know, they're they're going to do this for me, and they're going to pay me money, and it's going to take some take some of the workload off me. Uh, but I realised that I'm so used to control being in control of everything and having the final say. It's quite difficult to give that up. It's almost like being traditionally published, isn't it? I mean, it kind of is. It is. Yeah. Yeah. Would you do it again? Then that's the, that's the question. If you you know, if, would you take the deal again? Um, I think I think I would, but I think I'd be a lot more. Um, I think I, I, I'd be a lot more. Uh, give give them more detailed notes and just be really clear uh, on what I wanted to do. But I wouldn't. I wouldn't. Yeah, I wouldn't count it out. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. The the other thing I've got to ask you about is um, last time we spoke, you hadn't co-written a book, and I'm fascinated with co-writing because I, I don't think I'm kind of humanly capable of doing it without killing someone and um, I, I it really fascinates <laughs> me because I, I just can't imagine being able to do it so um you co-wrote um with Harper Bliss um mm-hmm. and you you alluded earlier to, to that being a, a, a pal a friend but the sounds of a writer pal is that right yeah so she's somebody uh who's very well known in the lesbian fiction space and um I got to know her because I interviewed her on my podcast so an, another great great sort of uh thing about doing a podcast as I'm sure you know you get to meet lots of different people yeah it's great for networking isn't it that's I, I got mm. to have um dinner with Michael Andalay you know when we were at 20 books to 50k just because I'd interviewed him on a podcast it's fab yeah free dinner free tea oh right yeah cool <laughs> it was great yeah <laughs> So how did that? How does that process work? I'm sure it's not the same for any, you know, group of collaborators. But how did you make it work? I'm also interested about who writes what. Do you divvy it up, and you know, who does what jobs? So I think it's yeah. It's like you say, it's different for everyone. So um, I am actually in talks with uh, another writer about doing a collaboration next year, and she wants to do it where one of us writes one half, and then the other one writes the other half. So that w- that would work better for that collaboration but for the one I just did this year which was called Once Upon a Princess and it was a lesbian royal romance and we released it around the time of the royal wedding so it was it was very sort of um, direct and timed for that Um, and what we did was we decided that uh, I would do all the pre-production and then Harper would do all the post-production and we would write it alternate chapters and I would write uh, she is based in Belgium, so she gets up early and does her writing between 7 and 9 in the morning, which is 6 and 8 in the morning our time. So by the time she'd finished writing and sent it to me, it was 9 a.m., so I got up and then did my chapter. So every day we got two chapters done, and it took us 20 days to write it. Wow. How do you keep consistency of voice when there are two of you? Um, well, we, we each took a character each, so it was alternate um, chapters for the um whichever character we were doing so i was i was the princess <laughs> and she and she was the commoner did you argue about that bit <laughs> <laughs> she was happy to be the commoner you know i, I i'm the english one so it, it, it kind of worked out right uh although i think belgium does have a, a royal family does it i think it does I, I, think, um, I think they do i think but i think they're a little bit more down to earth aren't they if i'm 
I might be getting mixed up with Denmark, but they're, they're, I think the, the royal families tend to be a little bit more down to earth. They sort of cycle around and, and mix with the commoners, don't they, I think, when they're abroad? Right, right, yeah. But, um, but I've got to say, it worked really well. I mean, we were both very trepidatious about it. Um, I mean, I've, I've just written my 10th book. Harper's written over 20. So, you know, between us, we've got quite a lot of experience of writing novels. However, we were both so nervous, and she said that it was like she'd never written a book before because, you know, you've got to trust the person and and you're sharing a first draft and so it's like quite it's quite revealing it's um um and you're, you're very trepidatious about sharing that but it worked really really well and um yeah and we just stuck to the plot because i so i did all the pre-production so i plotted it all came up with the story plotted it all and i said you know this is a guide but we kind of did stick to it we added a couple more and changed the tweaked a couple of things but we more or less stuck to it and then once we'd done it, um, she organised all the editing and she did all the formatting and advertising and uploading and her wife did the cover. So they did all the post-production. Wow. And, and on a, a sort of just a completely practical basis, did were you sharing a Scrivener document or using Google Drive? How, how did you do that bit? We did it with Google Docs because um, she's on Mac and I'm on PC. So uh, we, we couldn't share Scrivener because um, they're different programs. So we did it on Google Docs. It worked really well. Yeah, Google Docs, I think, is a is is one of Google's best kept secrets in many respects. It's a, it's a wonderful uh, bit of kit, and it's free, and you can even dictate into it. Did you realise that you could dictate into? I it? I didn't. Yeah, it's amazing. You just have to activate a little button. I can't remember where it is now, but and it's really accurate. It's ever so good. It's very, yeah, very impressive. Um, but I say a lot of people uh, dismiss it as a freebie, but it's a wonderful bit of kit. So I'm I'm pleased to hear that you're you know, you were using it as a collaborative tool because I think that is actually I think it's superb for that. And I know people get into scrapes with Scrivener if they try and share it in Dropbox and things like that. I think they lose work and stuff like that. So I yeah, think, yeah, I, I'd heard that that they had syncing issues, and so uh, so yeah, I was I was a bit trepidatious about doing that, but I'd never used Google Docs before. But it was really good. Yeah, it was a really good experience with it. Yeah, I'm a big fan. I'm pleased to say that I used it. I've used it for years. Sure, it, it's been around for years. I started using it in 2003 or four. I started using Google Docs um, many, you know, many, many years ago um, for something bizarre. Um, I was running a remote project for the BBC, and I had to do rotors, and we started doing them on Excel, and everybody had the wrong version of the rotors. So I've discovered Google Docs, you know, exactly for the same reason that you've used it. Because it, it, mm. it updates for everybody at the same time, yeah. and anybody can make changes, and they're always reflected in there. So, yeah, it's a, it's a bit of kit. It's been around for years. Um, mm. I'm a very big fan. So, good. That's that's a great tip. And you're going on to do more collaboration. Is that in the pot yet? You know, are you is that confirmed, or is it um, sort of still in the planning stages? Oh uh, yeah, I'm talking to two other authors um, about collaborating next year. So I'm, I'm. If you'd have said this to me like you know a year ago, you'll be writing you know with other authors. I'd have, I'd have laughed because uh, yeah, it did seem very. It was very out of my comfort zone. But I think anything is if you haven't done it before. So having done it and having had a very good experience uh, in the writing and also in the results, the book sold really well. It was the the best selling book I've had and the best selling book. Harper had had as well so um so we we are talking about doing another one as well because <laughs> it worked well the first time out the gate so we'll see if we can replicate and so I, I must ask you this then uh you said you sold you know more books that way is that the reason that one would collaborate with another author to combine audiences effectively um, yeah, I, I think that's one of the reasons. But I think as well, you're yeah, you're opening up to her her audience as well. So uh, yeah, it, it, it's getting out. I've had a lot of people say that this year that they went on to read my books uh, and they hadn't heard of me before, but they were fans of Harper's. And I'm um, I hope she's had this same thing happen to her. So yeah, it does broaden your readership. Uh, and yeah, and it, and it just did very well anyway. You said that uh, you, you try and write in the mornings and then you save your great long marketing list for the afternoons. And yeah. I wondered what um, marketing looks like for you these days. Have you done the book bub thing? You know, what, what are you doing to get the books out there? Um, yeah, I do book bub. Um, I've just, I just released a book actually last week and I've just signed up for a, a, one of those book bub new release alerts. Um, so I've got one of those coming out next week. So I've never used that before. So it'd be interesting to see um, the results of that. 
but yeah, I do. Um, I think I've had about eight book bubs now. So there, there are a lot. It, it sounds that sounds to a lot of people like wow, but they're they are. I'm in the LGBT um, category, and so they're a lot easier to get because there's less competition in those. So, um, but they've they've been very helpful. Um, but I think my main uh, sort of way of getting my books out there is is my mailing list. Um, if you sign up for my VIP Readers Club, you get a free lesbian romance. And then I will email you every two weeks uh, with all I've been doing, how many cups of coffee I've drunk that day, how many steps I've walked, um, what I'm reading. And I, honestly, I really, really, it's really powerful and I really love doing it. Uh, and I get a lot of response from it. Um, and I, I ask a question um, every, every time I do it as well. And I, yeah, I get a lot of response from it. So that's one thing that I'm, I put a lot of effort into that and I really enjoy it. Um, and I've also just started doing a bit more video. Um, and, and just advertising wise, I do AMS ads and book bub ads. I, I find that Facebook is really difficult to target for uh, lesbian romance and LGBT stuff. Uh, yeah, because it, there's no there are no authors big enough to target, you know, like if you do Mark Dawson's course, which I have, um, he, he targets all these big hitting thriller authors and there aren't anybody to target on Facebook. So it's difficult to get that. I don't know if you've had any luck with Facebook ads. I've been banned, Claire. Uh, they've banned have you? Me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, yeah, they, I don't know what, they won't, um, yeah, this is a bit of a long running saga. I was just having oh. really my first success with them and um, they won't tell me why they've banned, why they've banned me. And um, I, I, the only sort of hint I've got is that I was doing some cryptocurrency stuff, but that that's nonsense because I've, I've sort of broken no rules. And the only yeah. other thing I can think of is that my, my, my thriller is a little bit saucy, but it's no worse than a sort of 15 rated film. And it wasn't being, you know, targeted at 13 year olds. It's been targeted at over 18 year olds. So it was completely age specific. So I'm absolutely at a loss, but I cannot advertise on Facebook now. They won't let me and they won't tell me why, which is very oh, frustrating. No. Yeah. It's very that is frustrating. frustrating, especially if you were just having some, uh, some breakthroughs. Thrillers are great. Thrillers and sci-fi are beautiful on uh, Facebook, but no, I've just kind of thought, well, I can either expend a lot of energy, uh, you know, you know what Facebook's like. You just get lost in a great big black hole. So mm. um, you can't mm. talk to a human being, uh, let alone a rational one. So I've just had to let it go and, and find I'm just experimenting with other channels. Would you believe um, I'm running experiments on um, Google Ads at the moment and, and, and uh, you know, Google search and display ads. Um, so I'm, I'm getting how very, how very retro of you. Well, it is. But, you know, I did it years ago. And yeah, I, I sort of um, I've done AMS. I tell you what's AMS in the UK is working for me. Um, I've got fed up with the US uh, because it just seems oh, it's just very haphazard. Uh, but in the UK, um, they're working very well. I'm getting a good return, but can't spend my money. Mm-hmm. I'm spending on BookBub ads, so not just the uh, I've had BookBub promos. I've had, I've had three now, um, but the ads are working, you know, quite well. Um, and what else? Uh, yeah, that's, I think that's pretty well it now. And I, 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 if I could do Facebook, I would, but I, you know, I can't, unfortunately. Um, one of the things you said to me though, and uh, that I'm really interested, you said about your emails. I took some advice this year. I, you know, I do my diaries and I was moaning about how bad I am at email marketing. And I, I, mm-hmm. I took some advice from Queeve McDonald, who I'd met at an Amazon event. And he said, um, you know, a lot of authors are having a lot of, uh, success with very personalized emails and what you were describing there the content that you write in your emails is exactly what I've been writing this year and I've never I've been email marketing for years now I've never had as much response as I have since I've been doing that people and asking questions too it's working really well for me uh, same as you mm. yeah I think it, I think people want to want to know and want to get a little bit of a behind the scenes kind of look at your life um, and you know I tell them uh what i'm doing at the weekend what i'm reading um what i'm watching i ask some questions and yeah i think as well if you really enjoy it that comes across and i really do so um yeah so i, I think that's the biggest thing i do because I, I did at one point consider starting up a facebook group but then somebody pointed out to me that you know you've got a very strong mailing list so why would you do that as well um I don't know. I'm still I'm still pondering doing the Facebook group, but because I'm not a huge Facebook fan, I'm just uh, I'm not sure if I want you know more of a time suck going over there all the time. 
I've resisted Facebook group. I, I actually, you know, I do like to be in a few, like 20 books, for instance, but I don't want to run one. No interest in running one. I tell you what has accidentally worked like a Facebook group for me. And it might, mm-hmm. it might work for you. Um, but I've got a, a Patreon group now and, um, I use it for what I call DVD extras. So I do my, well, we, we're going to record a bit at the end of this that will go into sort of the Patreon area. Um, and it's exclusive content, but also the stuff that I talk about on my diary. I do video demos to show how I do it in Patreon. And what I found accidentally is that people comment on the videos and they ask me questions and we get talking about stuff. And by accident, it's become like a, a Facebook group, but but it's not a Facebook group. And it, um, it really sort of suits me well, but it's happened by accident, not by intention on my part. Oh, okay. All right. I have to have a look. I, don't, I didn't. I didn't know that people could comment on Patreon, but clearly they can. Well, you, with Patreon, you can have. I mean, people don't have to pay for starters. So generally, you have a mix of sort of free content and content that's behind uh, a paywall. But but I mean, you don't you don't have to even charge people if you don't want to. It's just a way of people sort of supporting you. But yeah, I mean, all your mm. all your content can be public if you want it to be. It doesn't have to be behind a paywall, or it can be behind a very very nominal uh, paywall if you want to. Um, but the other thing I like about it is that when I, I mean, I've just done one this evening, um, I've just said to post out this evening, but when you add a new post to it, you can schedule them. And also it sends an email out to everybody when the post goes live. So, um, I've, you know, I say I've just found by accident that it, I, it really suits me. It's a small group of people. I don't know how many uh, people I've got in my Patreon now, um, but 38 to 40, I think I've got in there now. But it's just a nice group of sort of people who are very focused on what you're doing. But because you're in the LBGTQ sort of niche, when mm. you're sort of in a nice niche like that, where you've got, you know, you have a lot of um, fans, uh, you know, for your fiction, it, it would probably work quite well, I would think. Yeah, no. Patreon is something I've thought about, but haven't really, you know, gone into in depth. So I think I've spoken to a few other lesbian fiction authors who are all saying the same thing, but nobody's done it yet. Nobody's taken the leap. <laughs> I think we're all waiting for somebody to do it and see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, well, I, I was rubbish at mine. I, I'd set up a Patreon thinking I ought to, and I did nothing with it. And, uh, you know, like most things I do, I just sort of, you know, let it flop out there and it didn't do anything. And, um, and then I, I decided to get serious about it and started putting some proper content in there. Um, and, and I found that it's just got a really nice sort of relationship with my podcast diary now. So I can say, I could be talking about something on the diary and say, oh, by the way, I've, I've shot a video about that. If you want to see how I do that in Patreon. Um, so it's just, it's just worked really well. And I'm just thinking because of the way you're talking about your emails there, you know, that you might, it'd be very different for you, but you might, you know, do a video of your walk or, you know, talk about meditation or something that you could put those videos in Patreon and it would just help to sort of build and support that. That was all. Mm, mm, yeah, no, that's a, that's a that's a good tip. Thank you, Paul. That's another thing to add to your long list, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, thanks for that, Paul. Yeah, thanks, Paul. Yeah, <laughs> I won't come on for another two years. Thanks very much. <laughs> don't, the other thing, I tell you, the other thing that I don't know why it surprised me about um, your books, but um, I noticed that your books are wide. And I don't know why, but for some reason, I thought you'd be Amazon exclusive. Are you? Are you all wide with your books? Uh, well, I was uh, up until about three weeks ago. Uh, yeah, so um, the the co-written book uh, that is in Ku. So, and that's mainly because I I always had been wide, and then I was up until last October when I launched uh, Twice in a Lifetime, and that was a standalone, and I decided to give Ku a go because I hadn't done it before, um, and it was yeah, it was quite a success. Uh, so, and I know that. In lesbian romance, um, I think in most romance, uh, KU's, it's, you know, there's a lot of readers in KU. So I tried it. Uh, and then when we did the co-write, we decided to do that because I think Harper is, as well just t- generally tends to launch her books into KU, maybe not even there forever, but does. Um, but I think because I've been wide with the London romance series, I've decided to keep that wide. And I don't see that changing uh, anytime soon. But I have just put in the All I Want series to KU three weeks ago, the whole thing, uh, just because uh, Christmas is coming up. It starts off with a Christmas book, and I thought uh, I might see what ads I could run to that and see if I could uh, breathe a little more life into it. So, uh, yeah, so that's just gone in. But, yeah, I have been wide up until now. And as a veteran of BookBub ads with eight eight BookBub promos behind you, have you found any difference in reaction between a book that's wide and a book that's only on Kindle Unlimited? 
Um, I think I've only done wide books, so on BookBub ads. Ah. So, uh, but you do get you do get a big reaction um, on the other platforms for sure. Uh, and I think, well, I've heard anecdotally that uh, BookBub prefers wide wide books. They gave me for my first ever BookBub one on Ku. Would you believe the first one I ever got for my thriller was, oh, was, was yeah I couldn't believe it. And and so it was very interesting to get the data from a. Um, because they then let me, uh, they skipped one, they didn't let me have the next one, then they let me have it. And I was wide the second time I did it. So I, I did the same book, Wide and KU, and I made the same mm. money wide and on KU, but obviously it came in from different, it came in from different sources when, when I was wide. And my number two source of income after Amazon, it was the same, this was another surprise to me, uh, it was iBooks, which was a huge surprise to me, almost a shock, dare I say. Oh, right. No, uh, that is definitely mine as well. Uh, I think day to day, it's not. It, there, there's another, there's a specialist lesbian fiction um, site that I've got all my books on. They're my second biggest source of income after Amazon. So, but uh, when I do a book bub, it's iBooks. Yeah, it's definitely number two. Yeah, it was a big surprise to me that because uh, previously when I knew nothing at all about marketing, I just, you know, listed on iBooks and done nothing with it and sold you know, if I'd sold anything, it, it would be a surprise. So you've got to definitely drive the traffic to it. Um, and also, the other thing I found about iBooks, I, I don't know whether this is the same in your genre, but I, I was like up there with Lee Child and Harlan Coben and things like that, which was like an, an amazing experience. I mean, I know, you know, you know that you're coming tumbling straight down when the book bubs finish. You won't, you won't be mixing <laughs> with them for very long. But, but I've never done that, you know, on, on Amazon. I've never kind of been up with authors like that. Because I'm always in among the freebie authors, but on iBooks, it was a, a higher class of of uh, chart that I was in. It was wonderful. Did you get the same in your genre? I don't think I, I don't think so. No, I mean, but quite often, um, just generally in, in in lesbian fiction on Amazon, you can be um, people like Jeanette Winston and Sarah Waters. Um, you know, they're just kind of perennial um, sellers, and, and they'll occasionally be up there in the chart, and you'll quite often be above them. So that always makes me smile. <laughs> Uh, but um, I think I think you get more of that on Audible actually, because uh, Audible UK and US, I've been in the same row as Sarah Waters, Armistead Morpen, Patrick Gale, uh, three of my writing heroes. So that that was actually a thrill. Um, so that 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 screenshot, uh, I, I did that one and, and uh, plastered that all over my social media. <laughs> you've got to get those screenshots. Exactly. You're only there for a couple of seconds. You've got to get those screenshots. <laughs> You, you alluded to, I think, Bella Books. Is that right? When you were saying that you had uh, another mm. platform that uh, did well mm. for you. Could you just talk us through Bella Books? and Because and, uh, I noticed that when I was looking at your website, you know, you've got sort of wide buttons and Bella Books. And yeah. um, I, I know nothing about that. So uh, what is Bella Books and, and how does it help you as a, an author? Well, Bella Books is a, a lesbian fiction publisher in the US. Um, in in There aren't really, well, there aren't any lesbian fiction publishers uh, or LG mainly LG, uh, lesbian or LGBT in the UK um, at all. Uh, there's about five or six in the US, and that's like all, they're all the big ones. There's one in Germany as well. Uh, so Bella is one of them, and they also have a, they have a very, very um, well, uh, well-promoted store, uh, and they'll take um, books from other publishers and other self-published authors. So I've got um, all my wide books on there, and they do really well for me. Um, so yeah, so that's not any of the. That's just a specialist um, LGBT fiction publisher in the US. And do they pay the same as Amazon? You know, are you getting the same kind of royalty rates and, and the regular payments, all of that? Yeah, they they pay seventy percent, so it's the same as Amazon, um, and they pay monthly. So they pay me into my PayPal account, um, and they're really lovely to deal with. Um, yeah, so and because they've been going, I don't know how long they've been going, but they're very well established. And so a lot uh, of readers in the US, that's how they get their books. So I've had, I've had a lot of people uh, comment that they bought my books from Bella over the last week or so you know, when my new one's gone up. Wow, fantastic. Well, that's really good to hear. Um, I just wanted to circle back to, because we, we sort of started a conversation about marketing and, and didn't finish it because I, I went off in a different direction. Um, I just wanted to come back to your experience of Amazon ads. Are you using them in the UK or US and, and how are you finding them? I, I mean, I find it hard to spend a budget on them. I get I can get the ratio to spend and, and, and profit, but I just can't spend enough on it. 
I think uh, Amazon ads have changed quite a lot over the last sort of three or four months. Um, I think I can't remember how long I've been using them for, but maybe about 12 or 18 months. And they're still they're still at over 100 percent ROI for me in the US. Uh, but it's really slowed down. I mean, I wasn't I'm not looking wasn't spending huge huge money because like you say it's still difficult to do that but probably maybe I was spending like $150 a month on the US ones um, but now I struggle to spend $50 a month so I think because I've, I've heard the market's flooded with all the major publishers coming in and bidding on all the keywords uh, so anecdotally uh, but they have kind of dried up a bit so I've got the UK ones as well um, but I'm I'm not sure. <laughs> I'm not sure I'm doing it right in the in the UK. I've, I've only just started doing it in the last month, so I didn't realise that you could do them. Um, and then one of my one of my author buddies told me you could, so I signed up for the. Can't remember the name. Whatever you have to sign up for, but so I have got actually got a. I had somebody contact me from Amazon and say, "Would you like some help with your Amazon ads?" <laughs> so I wrote back and said, "Yes, please." But they haven't written back, so maybe they they maybe they were deluged because no one knows how to do it in the UK. I will send you a, a little document after we've spoken this evening that will help you. It helped me as well. Um, something okay. that somebody sent me to help me to do them because um, they are more difficult to get started. It's not quite so clear, I don't think, when you get started. And, and, and actually, I had to the, – the gentleman whose interview is running today, uh, John Evans – um, the day we're recording this, he was the guy, he's doing pretty well on Amazon ads in the UK. And he gave me loads of tips and tricks and sent me a document, but he's doing pretty well out of them. Um, but it, it's, it's bizarre because you kind of see a pretty picture. You see your ad in the US, but you don't get actually get to see an ad in the UK. Um, and I'm not even really sure I'm, how I'm advertising, but people are, buy, people are buying something and it's in profit. So well, you know, it. if it's working, <laughs> I know it's, it's it's such a strange thing that you have to sign up for a whole different system and they're not, they don't look anything like each other. Um, you know, it's like they don't, they don't talk to each other, do they? US and UK, clearly. It's, it's bizarre. It is very bizarre, but um, I've been told that the UK work, so be great so anything you can do to help i would appreciate i've made i've made a note don't worry it's on my little notepad to send it to you after we've chatted um you you said okay. uh, you, you said bookbub i know you're doing the big bookbub ad you've got you, you can't give us results yet on the you release bookbubs are you doing the adverts you know the the pay as you go adverts i did do them and they did work well for me at first but then they stopped working so um i'm planning to do some adverts uh now i've put my all i want series back into KU not back into KU just for, for the first time um and that one the first book is all I want for Christmas so once November hits I'm planning to run some ads in bookbub um to that book and see if that works because I think it should um do it and especially if it's in KU and it's the right time of year so I will I will be doing that but I mean I heard that they work for full price books but I think the jury is still out on that one do you do anything that involves you giving books away for free? I know you've got, um, I was going to call it lead bait, but you know, um, what do they call it when you, you, you get, give something away for free for lead your magnet. email list? What, what was it? Lead magnet. Thank you. That's what I'm trying to say. I'm trying to say lead magnet. Yeah. Lead bait is um, <laughs> a bit rude. Uh, sorry, yeah. <laughs> a lead magnet is what I meant to say. Uh, so I know yeah. you've got one of those, but are you giving books away for free? Are you doing, you know, free book promos or anything like that to build your list? Um, no, not not uh, other than the lead magnet. So uh, no, that and that's a twenty thousand word novella, um, and it's um, but, uh, people love that book. Uh, it's my wife's favourite thing I've ever written, and and uh, people really like it. So uh, I think that I, I do keep thinking I should write a new one, uh, but that one just seems to be working still. So I'll just I'm leaving it as that, and that is that is my plan going forward is to uh, write a new novella so, to give away. Um, and sort of yeah try different things with that uh, and maybe just to give one away to my email list as well um just just to say thank you for sticking around and supporting me is there a reason why you don't do the book funnel i was going to say insta freebie but it's what is it prolific works now is there a reason you don't go down that route is it is it intentional not to give books away for free um i don't really rate the quality of the leads that you get on insta freebie everybody i've i've heard who's done it has regretted it <laughs> so i decided not to do it um 
and uh, yeah just giving one one thing away um I, i'm quite happy to do it um just and and that's how you get on my mailing list so and that works pretty well um every day for me so so i'm just sticking with that really You've clearly made some great uh, strides since we spoke last time. It's really interesting for me catching up with authors you know, who, are, who are still doing the work, carrying on. It's really great to see people progressing. But what would you say mm. is your sort of biggest challenge? Now, what's challenging you as an author at the moment? Oh, biggest challenge. Um, I think it's just... Uh... I think it's just keeping on top of everything that's changing because, as we said, you know, uh, 18 months ago, AMS ads in the US were the big, were the hot ticket, and now now they're not working. <laughs> and so it's just keeping up with everything that's changing because it is constantly changing. But that is quite exciting as well. Um, I think one thing I, I didn't realize when I started out is that I actually quite like doing the business side of things. I actually quite like working things out and um, things things like, you know, I... I with your help, I, uh, I I bought Vellum and use it in Mac and Cloud because I haven't got a Mac. So, um, so that, you know, d- doing all that sort of stuff. Um, and I actually quite like spreadsheets now. So Ooh. that's that's you know, it's quite a departure. <laughs> um, I know I know how to do a formula and everything, and and to freeze a pain. Um, <laughs> Ooh, I could feel the next series coming out: Mathematics with Claire. Your first <laughs> yeah. nonfiction. That's it. Yeah. Definitely. Um, but yeah, I, I think um, it's it's a challenge, but it's also quite exciting as well. Uh, and just working it all out, all the business side of stuff um, and just constantly trying to refine and make, make the most of all the time you've got. That was lesbian romance author Claire Lydon. And you can hear Claire's answers to my five additional Patreon only questions at patreon.com forward slash Paul Teague. Now, next Monday, I'm going to be interviewing YA and non-fiction writer Alyssa Grosso. And on Saturday, I'll have another edition of Paul's Podcast Diary. Until then, have a great week of writing. Thank you for listening to this week's self-publishing journeys. If you enjoyed the show, please consider sharing it with your indie author friends. Or you can leave a review on iTunes, Stitcher, or whichever podcast directory you use. In the meantime, you'll find previous interviews and all the show notes at selfpublishingjourneys.com. Thanks again for listening. We'll have more great self-publishing tips for you next week.